Joshua chapter 6 is where we're going to be at this morning. Joshua chapter 6. And, and I, I want to preface this message with a few things. The first thing is this. Um, if this message does not resonate to you, I apologize, but it resonates to me. And, and, and so if you don't get it, and if you see me getting excited, please know it's because I'm preaching to myself this morning. And um, I'm, I'm stirring my spirit up. Uh, and so hopefully it, it resonates with you guys, it lands on you, but if it doesn't, come back next week and we'll see what happens. The other thing about, about today is, uh, this is what I'm gonna call a faith message. And here's what I mean by a faith message. It, it's going to be a message that you are going to filter through what you are currently facing right now. And, 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 and so it's for some of you in here, it's going to take faith for you to latch onto this message. But please know that if you are able to, uh, I believe that God wants to do something through this message uh, in your heart so that you leave your change and leave here different. So we're going to be in Joshua chapter 6. It's a very familiar uh, passage. But I think there's some significant things in here that we're going to talk about. It says this. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. That's important to understand. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its kings and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. Verse 5, when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then, then, I want to add this phrase, then, out of nowhere, the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. This morning, I want to talk to you briefly from this subject, out of nowhere, out of nowhere. Let's pray one more time and we'll jump into the message. Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for your kindness that you continue to show us. God, I pray that today that you would help us to lean in, to get what you need us to get, that you want us to get. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you as our guest of honor this morning. We say do what only you can do. Change our heart, change our mind. God, we understand that your word is only as good as the condition of our heart. So God, I pray for a fertile heart right now, that your seed, that your word would produce a harvest. God, we want to leave here changed. We want to leave here better, but not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. So we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, so I don't mean to brag or anything, but... Uh, when I was in college, I recorded a five-song EP. No big deal. Uh, no big deal. JohnPeterMusic.com. No big deal. Uh, it is what it is. And, and so uh, we recorded this, this CD. I had, a, I had a buddy who he produced it. He, uh, he, he, he did the photography for it. And uh, one day he was like, hey, John, we need a cover for your CD. And he's like, we need to do a photo shoot. And I said, okay, let's do a photo shoot. What do you want to do for this photo shoot? He said, I have this great idea. 
there's this forest that was on the bottom of the field near our school. He said, it's a great like forest looking, looking thing. I think it would be really cool if we went out there, you had headphones on, you were singing in a microphone, and I just think it would be a really cool uh, photo cover. And I said, whatever you want. So we pack up all of his gear. We get to um, this, this, this outdoor foresty area. We're surrounded by green trees and obviously they're green and, and, uh, and we were just, we were smacked down in the, in the middle of nature. And uh, he's like, put on the headphones. I put on the headphones. He said, now I just want you to pretend like you're singing. Okay. And I'm just going to start taking pictures. I was like, okay. So I'm like, I grabbed the microphone. I'm like, you know, like I don't sing that way, obviously, but uh, I was just, he was taking pictures of, of, of everything. And uh, out of, like out of nowhere, we, we, we begin to hear like this, 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 this bush started, starting to rustle. Like, and we're like, that's weird. What is that? It's probably like a squirrel. And so he's like, just keep posing, you know? And so I'm like, I'm just posing. I'm doing, I'm obedient, everybody. I'm posing, and then all of a sudden, out of the corner of our eye, God is my witness, everybody. We see three hood dogs pop out of the bushes. And if you don't know what I mean by a hood dog, these what I simply mean are are dogs who have no owners. They were raised by the streets. And you know they're hood because they're like missing pieces of their ear. And, and they're like, their eyes are all like cross-eyed and crazy looking. And they just pop out like, you in my territory. And I'm like, ah! And some of you wonder why I don't like dogs. Um, and so, 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 so the, these three dogs, they pop out. And my buddy's like, hey, hey, John, we need to go. And I'm like, yes, we do. And so it's like, hey, on the count of three, we're just going to run. And I was like, are you serious? And I mean, these dogs, like, God is my witness. They look scary. And I'm like, okay, we're gonna run. He's like, okay, ready? One, two, three. And we start running for it. And we're like, ah! Like running for our lives. And, and, and out of, like, they're, they're, well, as I'm running, there is like this tree root that like, just like was there. And so I'm running and I don't see the tree root. And I'm like, <laughs> and I fly in the air. <laughs> like, no. Smack. I'm on the ground and I'm lying there and I'm like, <gasps> and I hear the dogs. <sighs> That's a horrible dog sound, but like they're, they're growling and I'm paranoid and I'm on the ground. And I see my friend, he turns around, he sees me on the ground and what a great friend. He comes running after me. I'm like, my friend's gonna come save me, but he doesn't come pick me up. He grabs his microphone in his stands and he picks it up and he leaves and I'm still there on the ground. I'm like. And in this moment, I'm thinking I'm, I'm dead. I'm like, I don't know, you know, like I'm never gonna have kids, <laughs> never gonna be married. <laughs> like my, my mind is going dark in this moment. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm, I, in this moment, God is my witness, I, I just gave up hope, <laughs> you know? I'm like, well, I hope they enjoy Simone me, you know, like. And out of nowhere, another friend came out. And he's like, John, I got you. And he extended his hand and he picked me up. And he's like, let's go. And we ran to safety. But here is why I'm telling you this. Because there is nothing like 
being in a hopeless predicament, when out of nowhere, someone comes and rescues you. There is something about having your back against the wall. When all hope is lost and you think that you are down for the count. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, someone's like, I got you. And the reason why I want to, to share this with you this morning is because I need you to understand that no matter what you're going through, that you, that the God of the Bible is a God who works out of nowhere. That there are times in our life, there are times all throughout scripture when all hope seems lost, but God extends his hand out of nowhere. A few instances that I think about in the Bible. The first one is, is when it comes to uh, Israel leaving Egypt. And they're free. They're excited. Then they hit the Red Sea. There's a Red Sea in front of them. And then the Egyptian army's chasing after them. And they're like, oh, what are we going to do? And what happens? Out of nowhere, God parts that sea. And they walk across. I think about my friend Daniel who gets thrown in the, in the lion's pit. He's sitting there, these lions surrounding him like, what am I going to do? All hope is lost. And then out of nowhere, God extends his hand, shuts the lion's mouth. I think of my friends Paul and Silas. They're, they're sitting in prison, chained up because of something that they didn't even really do. And them, and them sitting there in the cell thinking, man, all hope is lost. This is how we're going to die. We're going to die in prison and out of nowhere. God breaks those chains yeah. off of their lives. And the reason why I'm sharing this with you is because, I, again, I need you to understand that God is the God that does miracles out of nowhere. But, but what I want you to, to see is that there, there's a thread, there's a theme that threads all throughout Scripture. When God shows up out of nowhere, when, when God shows up out of, out of times when I've lost all hope and I've lost all faith and I feel like I'm done and I'm dead, what I love about, about God is, is, or excuse me, what I, what, I, what I need you to know and understand is that the, the foundation for God to move out of nowhere is me first being in a predicament that is impossible. So, so if I can say that differently, that an out of nowhere miracle is only possible if my reality is faced in an impossible situation. And so I want to encourage you this morning, if you find yourself in an impossible situation, congratulations. I'm here to help you reframe that, to help you understand that if you are in an impossible situation, that sets the stage for God to work and make things possible so that he can work out of nowhere. Now, what we see in our text in Joshua chapter 6 very first verse, Joshua chapter 6 and verse 1. The narrator allows us to see this idea that the city of Jericho was completely barred up. That no one was able to come in. 
and no one was able to leave. And I find it fascinating that the foundation of this story is first rooted with the, with the idea that anything that happens after this happens because God was willing to take an impossible situation and make it possible. And so the idea of an impo- the, the idea, excuse me, of an out of nowhere miracle implies that I need to be ready all the time. So, so an out of out of nowhere miracle has less to do with my timing and has more to do with my posture. So your out of nowhere miracle has less to do with your timetable, but has more to do with are you ready to receive whenever God's ready to show up? Because when God is, works out of nowhere, it implies that it is not based off of what I currently think should happen when it should happen. I, I got to always be ready. You got to always be ready. And so what I want to do is I want to give you three ingredients to help you, to help myself have the posture of always being ready, no matter what. So that when God's ready to do his out of nowhere miracle, your posture is ready to receive it. As opposed to being like, oh, I didn't even know you were going to show up. I want us to be a church that says, God, our posture is ready. We're ready for whatever you want to do. We're ready. And so these three ingredients, I do want to say that they're, they're very simple in nature. But, but I think that if, if we can lean into it just a little bit, that these three things, though they're simple, though they may be a refresher course, I think if we apply, imp- apply it to our lives, it'll be beneficial. So the first ingredient of having a posture out of nowhere is this, the ingredient of obedience. The ingredients of obedience. Verse three says, uh, God's talking to Joshua, march around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Do this for six days. So God, he, he, he's like, hey, Joshua, I'm about, I'm about to give you Jericho. I'm about to give you this, this land. I'm about to give you this city. And Joshua's like, yeah, that's so good. I'm so, like if I'm Joshua, I'm like, yeah, I'm excited. You know? If I'm Joshua, in fact, I'm like, all right, cool, God. You, let, let me, should I get the army ready? Should I get the best snipers we have? The strongest people? It's going to be, let's do it, God. Let's, I'm ready. And God is like, well, actually, here's what we're going to do, Joshua. I'm going to give you this city, but we're going to march around it first. Listen, I don't mean to insult your intelligence this morning, but can I tell you that that is the worst battle plan ever? <laughs> like that is, you, God, you, you're saying that you, you're going to give me this, this city, but I, you want me to march around it? 
makes no sense. But here's what I want you to understand this morning is that the very foundation of having a posture of being willing to receive lies with the fact of obedience, but not just obedience in convenience, but obedience when it's inconvenient. Obedience when it doesn't even make sense. Obedience when you're like, God, that makes no logical sense. You want me to do what? And it's in those moments God wants us to be obedient. He said, Joshua, I am going to give you this land, but you have to listen. You have to be willing to to, to start stepping and walking around the city. See, obedience is, is crucial because obedience, what, what, what obedience really does is it identifies something or someone that you have submitted authority to. So when you're like, God, I'm going to obey what you say, what are you doing? You're, you're placing yourself under the hand of God under the word of God, under the voice of God. So obedient is necessary because obedient tells God, hey, I'm willing for you to take the lead. I'm willing for you to, to run the show. And the wise words of Carrie Underwood, I am willing for you to take the will. So I gotta learn to be obedient. I have to learn to be obedient. So, so if I'm going to posture this, 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 I, this posture of, of being ready for God to show up out of nowhere, then I, I first, it first starts with me being obedient. The second ingredient is this, perseverance. It says this, on the seventh day, march around the city seven times. March around the city seven times. So God's like, hey, Joshua, I'm going to give you this city. Wow. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to march around the city seven times. Six times. For six days, one time around the city. On the seventh day, I want you to walk around the city seven times, okay? So Joshua, he has to go to his people. He has to go to his army. He has to go to, to the musicians. And he, he's after, he has to say, all right, guys, here's what we're going to do. God's given us this city. Everyone's like, yeah. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to walk around the, the city. And we're just going to walk around the city. Okay. So for six days, the first day, they walk around the city. They complete their walk around. Like, all right, I'll see you, everybody. I'm going to go cook breakfast. That was fun. Thank you. I'll see you again tomorrow for day two of our circling Jericho. Everyone's like, all right, great. Second day, they get there. They're walking around the city. They finish. Third day, they do the same thing. By this time, listen, we're human. These people that we read about in the Bible, they're not super spiritual people. They are human. So however emotion that you feel, they feel. And so 
uh, if I was like, hey, we're going we're to meet here six o'clock every morning and we're going to, God is going to do something and we walk around this building. By the third day, you're like, okay, what, what is happening? <laughs> Joshua's lost his marbles. And so by the, by the third day, they're like, okay, this is uh, what, I don't understand what we're doing here. I mean, I'm getting my steps in, but like, this is too much. <laughs> Joshua's like, I'll see you again tomorrow. Fourth day. Fifth day, sixth day, Joshua's like, okay, tomorrow I'll see you, everybody here. Seven o'clock, we're gonna march around, around the city. Like, okay, seventh day, they're like, they're, they're, they're I'm, well, I'm done at this time. You're done too. Seventh day, they get here six o'clock. They're like, okay, here we go. They march around. And they, 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 they finish marching around the city. They're like, okay, woo. That was good. I'll see everybody back at camp. Have a great day. Joshua's like, hold on. We're going to march around it again. What? Yeah, we're going to march around. Okay. So they march around it on the seventh day again. Joshua's like, we're going to do it again. Okay. Third time. We're going to do it again. What the heck, Joshua? You know, like. Fourth time, fifth time, sixth time. The end of the sixth time, Joshua's like, we're, we're going to do it again. This one more time. Can we be honest with each other? A, if you didn't want to kill your leader the first time, you, you definitely want to kill him now. Because you're like, dude, this is taking longer than I thought. This is like... You're pushing your luck, Joshua. This is what I'm thinking. You're probably more holy. You're probably like, whatever you say, Joshua. Uh, but, but your boy is like, his flesh is coming through. I'm like, you're pushing your luck. Yeah, like, and so, oops, that was a stage. You're, you're pushing your luck, Joshua. And, and, and so, so, so here they are. And, uh, and could you imagine... If at the end of the six, they were like, you know what, Joshua, I'm not doing it one more time. I'm actually, I don't know what God spoke to you about. I don't know what you thought he said, but I'm done. I'm going home. Could you imagine if they stopped on the sixth time? That the, the miracle didn't happen on the sixth time. God showed up out of nowhere on the seventh time. Now, I don't know your situation or your predicament, but what if you were just one more lap away from whatever God is wanting to do in your life? And you stop on the sixth, but all you have is one more lap around. Do you have enough perseverance to keep saying, God, this is taking forever. God, this is not showing up in the way that I thought, but I'm going to keep moving forward until you tell me to stop or until I see what I believe you're going to do. Do you have enough perseverance to keep going? Do you have enough perseverance to keep walking? Because what if you were one lap away from what God was wanting to do? See, perseverance is so important because if you don't decide to persevere, you might fall short of what God wants to do out of nowhere. Amen. 
And here's what I've discovered. The fuel behind perseverance are people. So the people in your circle, they will either fuel your perseverance or they will kill it. And you got to be able to identify, are they fueling it by saying, hey, man, just keep going. I know that stunk, that, that was a rough one, but hey, keep going. Yeah. Or are they telling you, hey, man, you should probably let this one go. <laughs> you, you've been waiting for him too long. <laughs> you've been waiting for her too long. Let's, maybe you should just give up. The situation that you, you, you've been waiting for God for, maybe you should just give up. This healing that you've been believing God for, maybe you should just give up. The people around you will either fuel or kill the perseverance that you have. In fact, God specifically put two groups of people with Joshua. The warriors and the worshipers. Which tells me I got to have two types of people in my corner behind my back. I got to have the worshipers, those people that are there to help worship with me, to help encourage me spiritually. But I also got to have the warriors, those people who are strategic in the way they think. See, sometimes I just have spiritual people, but they don't give me any structural purpose, structural form. So they're just like, pray it away, which is great. You got to pray, but you also got to put in some plans, too. You got to have some structure, right? James says faith without works is dead, which implies I need faith and I need action. So, so I can't just have the worshipers around me. I can't just have the spiritual structure, but I also have to have the, 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 the people who are like, okay, let's break this down. Let's figure this out. You're believing God to show up with this, uh, with, with you, in, in, with your bank account to get that house. You, let's pray about it, but here, let's also budget. I've got to have worshipers and warriors by my side. Because if I only have one, it'll kill the perseverance. I could have the right people. So we're talking about ingredients. How do I posture myself to receive, to be ready to, to receive out and out of nowhere miracles? So obedience, perseverance. And here's the last one, the third one. I got to have faith. I got to have faith. L listen to this faith that's necessary. Verse five. This is God speaking to Joshua. When you hear them sound the long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. So God said, hey, obedience, obedience allows me to first step out. Persevere, I gotta persevere, I gotta keep walking. I wanna quit, I gotta keep going. But then he's like, on the seventh day, at the end of the seventh time, I want you to yell. And when you yell, something's going to happen. That takes faith. Yeah. Could you imagine they're done the seventh day, they get there, and they're like, all right, Bill, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> ah, <laughs> uh, nothing happened. <laughs> like the faith it took. Like, I'm glad you're obedient to start marching. I'm glad that you are persevering through the many, many, I just made a word, through the many laps around the city. 
But if I don't have faith to open up my mouth and to project a victory, nothing is going to happen. So I got to have faith to obey, to persevere, but also to open up and say, God, this makes no logical sense. But I'm going to open up my mouth and I'm going to shout. And they started yelling. And I don't know if it was instant, but could you imagine if like Bill started yelling, "Ah!" and then Mark was like, oh, Bill's doing it, "Ah!" you know? And then maybe Martha's in there, she's like, ah, you know, and, and they all started yelling, but they saw nothing. You gotta have faith to walk around, but you also have faith to keep yelling. You can have faith to march, but you also have to have faith to stand there and to keep proclaiming what you see, what God has spoken to you, that you keep yelling and opening your mouth, even when you don't see it. Why? Because you are called and created to be people of audacious faith. Did you know audacious faith is one of our core values at this church? Like we are called to be people of audacious faith. Which means that I have to have faith that is bigger than me. Someone once told me, if my faith doesn't intimidate me, then it's probably insulting to God. Does your faith intimidate you? If what God has placed in your heart, the faith for it, doesn't bring you to your knees, I would question if it was God. Because he has called you to have audacious faith. He wants you to have audacious faith. Because it's when I step out in audacious faith, it's the moment when I realize, God, I can't do this without you. God, I can't carry this without you. God, I just need you now. Faith. And the band can come up. And what we have in this moment is Joshua. He's... He's there. He's leading these people around the, 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 the city. And uh, it's, uh, he gets, walks around it seven times. On the seventh time, he walks around it seven more times. But it was when Joshua was willing to be obedient It was only when Joshua was willing to persevere. It was only when Joshua was willing to have faith. We get to verse where it says, then out of nowhere, then the walls will start to fall down. Then in that moment, the walls will start to fall. Friends, I don't know what your situation is this morning. But I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be encouraged that God is not intimidated by your situation. He's not intimidated by your 
situation of impossibility. Because it's in those moments of the impossible that out of nowhere becomes possible.